grow up like since because I was I used to always like pick on him and oh really yeah and oh that's a big twist and you so you think you're different now yeah because he, he would tell me stuff like yeah man tell me anything like you know I'm just and just because I, I grew a lot basically and he's like I don't know how to take you man because he's used to me like being hard on him and, and joking with him and all that stuff so now I'm more like the caring loving brother <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about it hold on let me see welcome everybody this is Aisha black girl from Eugene um it is 11 o'clock we starting on time yeah, yeah, what's did. happening okay so i'm here with marcus m5 how you doing i'm doing good doing good right um, on it's a beautiful sunday it's not too hot yet it's so, not too hot yeah they say it's gonna be 93 tomorrow um, what do you do when it's hot uh fan do you, you? have a fan on it that still doesn't work because like it's just hot air blowing on you what? so like <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of cold water. I've been drinking way more cold. No, I just drink from the faucet straight up. No cold water. This right. summer has been different. I was now, like, do you know? I mean, back like in Georgia, they had like AC. And oh everyone, yeah. Right? But see, oh, yeah. I learned you put ice behind the fan, and it the, the, the it will cool the. Water. But then you gotta like keep putting that. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not, forever. I'm not about that. So. <laughs> well, like, yeah. Like in Georgia, they say it's so humid. Like it's, as soon as you step out the house, like it's just you're just in a swamp. Like you're yeah, in a right. swamp. And you get to the car yard, like you just took a shower, then like you get to the car, you're just already breaking out in the sweat. Yeah. So, no, it's fast. You go mm. from one place to AC to the next place. I mean, that's how you do it. That's why people are like, oh, it's so hot in Texas. I'm like, I don't even notice because I'm in AC all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> My car is already blowing AC by the time I get there. <laughs> we, don't, we don't mess around with that. Otherwise, you're going to melt. <laughs> you know? yeah, I went to visit my brother. He was in San Antonio in the end of February. I'm like, okay, it shouldn't be too hot here about Texas. And at the end of February, it was 100-something degrees mm -hmm. in February. I was like, how do you live out here? What? Like, why would you want to live out here? Why like? would you want to? My niece and I, when we drove back from Texas last summer, when we left, we, you know, we do that early morning. Leave at 4 a.m., get on the freeway before yeah. everybody. So it was like 4.30 in the morning, 5. We were packing the U-Haul. And no, I'm not even kidding. It was 85 degrees and like like 85 percent humidity it was so hot and it was dark outside still we were just like get out of here we were it was it was rough it was rough anyway okay welcome we were talking um again i have marcus holloway so i thought about this you just came out with a new track mm -hmm. and i'm not in the studio to play your music like uh, this is real i'm sorry it's all good it's all good i even i i did think about it and i was like i need tech help <laughs> I'm looking at y'all. Like, like, I need some tech help. Yeah, you put it out there, it's going to come to you. It's going to come to I'm playing, like, I'm seriously putting that into the universe. Um, because this is, I would love to be able to play your music. We could hear it in here and jam a little bit and yeah. then start. These are my dreams. Okay. First, I want to say thank you, everybody, for uh, supporting me ongoing. Um, we are doing some major stuff. Started a whole new business. Like, and then my podcast is my love, passion project. <laughs> And it keeps it real for me. It keeps it grounded. You know what I mean? And then we have my Race Equity Matters. Uh, is the company where I'm doing anti-racism conversations. And then we have my Black Gold Culture Camp, which is a nonprofit. That's education pieces for children and families. So um, I'm combining all three. Because, you know, I ain't got nothing to do, right? <laughs> I'm combining all three. And I have uh, an announcement next week. Where the website and everything's gonna come out, we have a commercial that was like basically gifted to me mm -hmm. by Caleb Brexius, and I want to give a big shout out to him because this commercial is like 48 seconds long and it's beautiful. Like I can't even believe it. Rati's in it; she don't know what? yet. Though. I should tell her. 
Oh, well, because what? we all, you know, what you do when you mod, when you model for Caleb, mm-hmm. um, you sign off your images. So, like, it's a, it's a, um, what is the, what's the word? Uh, when you can just buy, like, you can just buy people's images and put them in different things or oh, whatever. Yeah. Stock video. It's yeah. like stock video. So I, yeah. So her image is in there, wow. and then there's one other person I know. Oh, and then it's me, Van- Vanessa, Andrea. We're yeah. in there together too. Wow. But then everyone else is like local folks, and it's all brown and white. It's it's so good. It's I just. My my coworker who's working with me, my secretary for the nonprofit, she said she watched it and she cried. She's like, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> Is it, so it's not out yet. It's not out yet. It's coming uh, this next week. I gotta see it before that. Oh, you oh, no, I can show it to you. It's a secret, right? I'm even changing my logo, like everything. We're gonna have merchandise. Like it's all coming out next week. It's gonna wow. just be popping. So thank you guys for supporting me. Look out for that. My Patreons, thank you so much. I hope y'all are enjoying my little. Stuff I'd be giving them. <laughs> I give like a little newsletter and some pictures, and I let them get inside peeks. So they've already seen yeah. the new logo. They've already. We're, I'm about to show them the commercial. Like they get to see these things before it comes out. Um, so anyway, if that incentivizes you to drop five dollars a month, please do <laughs> because it helps. Okay. All right. Shout out to my mom real quick. She loves your show. I think I, I, I I'll let you know already. But she's, yeah. She's like, oh, I don't know your second eye. Okay, that's what's up. Right. Like, right. Yeah. That. Okay, so I'm blushing because whenever Mama says, you know, that she's listening to my show, I'm like, that's like a next level respect for me. You know what I mean? My mother listens to my show and, I, and she doesn't miss a show. Mm. And having our moms, you know what I mean? And our grandparents and like people like giving me love like that. So shout out to Marcus Mama. Miss Marcus Mama. <laughs> What's her name? Angela. Miss Angela, yeah. thank you so much for watching me. I appreciate you. And thank you for telling me because now I feel like now there might be pressure. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Now I feel pressure. <laughs> but honestly, thank you so much. So, okay, let's get started. We were going to talk about love. Now, I know how we advertise is to look a little different, right? Because I talked about, what I did, I talked, I had like this, like, people are looking for this change and people are looking for this these answers. And when someone tells you the answer is within you, they'd be like, no, 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 no. Keep on moving, keep oh, on moving. Okay, hey. <laughs> Right. Yes. Yeah. The, the last know, job. Uh, yeah, because he's like, uh, you know, who's the master? Like, and he looks inside himself and he starts glowing. Right. And I was like, man, like, I, I was such a fan of that. that that's what I'm saying, though. But that's the hardest lesson, mm-hmm. because it, you're so like what we were talking about. We were gonna start off with the short game and the long game. Yeah. We're talking about the long game being love. Yeah. And the short game being this fight that we're in right now. And I want everyone to understand that, like, we're talking about the protest. We're talking about you know the 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 division in the country politically you know we're talking about uh not understanding race not understanding gender we're talking about holding so tightly on to what you believe and not being able to understand that we are all human living our lives on our own separate journeys Mm -hmm. that don't have to collide with each other but have some mutual respect for the journey i don't know like when i think about it i don't I mean, I do know as I get older and I look back, mm-hmm. I'm like, I had so much fight about stuff that had, I had no reason to be fighting for or about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think about, like, how much energy I spent <laughs> on fighting for, like, what I thought should have been. Like, you should. You should be doing. You should. And it's kind of like, the should is really not my business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I don't know when we start talking about, like, the definition of love and, like, which we will try to define here today. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. But like that whole, the growth, the maturity. But then there's like the synchronicity and then there's like the community mm-hmm. where people are like, well, you should be doing this. 
it's like what how are we defining should that way where I mean then we talk about like I guess the basic human rights you know what I mean um, which is clear mm-hmm. you know I, I right when I said that I kind of started thinking about people not wanting to wear a mask and then wearing masks like in public you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. and then all of these like thinking about someone I was I'm not going to say his name but I, I looked at his live feed and he was talking about how he sees more American flags lately and how it makes him feel so proud and I was like oh how do people feel about the American flag like should like should you be doing flying flags should you not like this little should you should you's right it's a nationalism thing like, it's a nationalism yeah. thing on top of that we're, we're taught that in elementary you're pledging allegiance to a flag like it's, it's a sentence it's almost a brainwashing when you're young you don't know but you're repeating this every single day yeah. every single day and you think it's just normal like oh this is what we have to do so you stand up put your hand over your heart and you're pledging allegiance to a flag you know right so, Pledging allegiance—I don't even know what I, I don't care. Right. I'm saying pledging allegiance to a, a flag. You yeah. Know? So that's just crazy in the sense. Just really thinking about things that were taught in school, like so young, like just even in school, and not getting taught everything. But when do you get like okay? So when you're little, you know you're oh you know what that's funny because I'm about to say you're taught to share and you're taught that people do certain things. Yeah. But the real truth at elementary school is out in the playground, right? Because you know, because uh, you know when it, what happens in class, we be like, we all sit and we next to each other, and I'm like, I hate him, and he, I hate her, you know, and all these things. We, but we're gonna do what we're gonna pledge to allegiance, and, we're gonna, and then we're gonna go out into the playground. Like my daddy said, you ain't supposed to be doing that, right? And then it's like my daddy said, and then that's the real truth happens, right? Yeah. Oh. My mama said, you know. What? It ruined, it ruined, I ruined it for a lot of kids because during Christmas, like, uh, I think I found some VH tests really, really early, like, in age of my mom and my dad putting presents underneath the tree. And I was oh, like, no. man, Santa Claus ain't real. So I went to school, like, I went to school, like, Santa Claus isn't real. Everybody's like, yeah, he, no, yeah, he is. And everybody was arguing with me. I'm like, no, nah, I've seen it. I know what they do. They, they hear parents put the present underneath the tree. And the teacher came up to me. He's like, Please don't tell anybody that. Like, it's like you're like, you basically you're right. Yeah, she's like right, but don't ruin it for them. I'm like, oh, so it's a little game that we're playing. Uh, I was like, what? Why do I have to? So, I don't know. interesting. I just, <laughs> you said you this is a game. You saw it like that? Yeah, I was like, why am I have to? Why do I have to keep this quiet? Like, Santa Claus is a real. I have to let the kids know. I have to let my friends know. <laughs> you're like, that's quiet. Yeah, I, mean, I gotta tell y'all. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> And then the teacher said, no, 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 no. Yeah, she's like, don't run in front of the kids, basically. So, so right, like, so we're talking about, like, we have this, like, narrative. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about narratives a lot lately. And all of the things that I've been doing is, like, the narrative that, we're, that we are covering, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so in the narrative, like we were talking about with love, children, and I just realized my grandson is three years old. And he is smart. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we go, oh, he's so sweet, he's so cute, and he don't know. He knows, yeah. you know what I mean? So when by the time they are five, they really know. So when they're in that classroom, and the black kids are in the back, mm-hmm. or or they always are raising their hand and never called on, mm-hmm. you know, or the kids who all the things that we're looking at around the classroom are white, you know, uh, all the toys, all the dolls, everything. Um, the black kids are there, the Latino kids are there, the indigenous kids are there, people of color are there. The parents come in, and we tell the kids, we tell our kids. Our, our nieces, nephews, whatever, you better act right, mm-hmm. right? Do what they're telling you to do. Do what they're saying to do, right? And everyone else knows that that's how it's supposed to go. You do these certain things, and I do these certain things. Mm-hmm. Even, regardless if we're, we're like, like covering it with 
the the lather, the butter of, yeah. of like just get along, just keep it right, just keep it going type of thing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're teaching a narrative at the very beginning. So when he started talking about the American flag, <clears throat> I had to start thinking about what time, what how old was I when I realized that the American flag was not necessarily all good mm-hmm. because of the history for my people in it. Yeah. It was it wasn't that long yeah. before I realized I was like, hold on. So we got two different narratives happening and one is is being encouraged and one is not. Mm-hmm. So then one normal then automatically breeds an idea of I have to fight to be heard mm-hmm. in this scenario, even when I'm right here sitting next to my my people who I'm supposed to know, my friends. Yeah. Like they call all the kids at school, um, like with my, my grandson, they call them all, everyone's called a friend. So you don't, like it's not like, you know, your coat or your- That's interesting. Everyone's a friend, yeah. right? So when I'm thinking about like what we're talking about, yeah. like the long game being love and the short game being the struggle, right? Because you are, much, like, we're just talking about your brother being, like, like you're just so soft, man. You're just so loving. I, I want to hear your perspective because I'm going to be the, the cynical one here. <laughs> because I want to I define love. I want to talk about what's healthy. Mm-hmm. What's healthy love? I think just like what we were talking about, it all comes back down to us. You know, regardless, it comes back down to how you feel about you mm-hmm. and feel about your journey and how healthy you can be in accepting who you are. And it doesn't mean that we don't have depression and we don't have post-traumatic like I do, you do, we, you know, we, but we are actually like on a, I feel like, for me, I want to speak for myself, have have gone through enough trauma that I'm okay Mm -hmm. with the trauma that I've been through. I'm no longer victimized by it, right? So I've come onto a healthy side of that trauma. It doesn't mean that now I'm 100%, you know, never going to be in a position again where I have to redo the work that I've done to to be healed again. Grief just doesn't work that way, right? (laughs) But does that make me unhealthy? It actually makes me crazy healthy because I'm actually able to face me. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about what happened. I'm talking, I mean, meaning that like not in terms of what happened from my perspective. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? There's no blame. There's just facts at this point. Right. Right. Yeah. But the journey from this to that, I'm in my 40s. You know what I'm saying? Like we were before we got on camera, we were talking about the energy I had, the things I thought about when I was younger. Like I just can't imagine the energy that I spent fighting about that. But we were talking about um, wait, what? Oh no, I forgot now. We were talking about uh, the oh, we were talking about you being in Georgia and me being in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and just talking about like. Um, the proximity to whiteness and like how the the how we felt I felt differently about it then when I was in community mm-hmm. than I do here. Um, I'm still I don't get I don't get angry with with the ignorance. Mm-hmm. Where um, I think before I wouldn't get angry, but like um, frustration. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I think I had less. Well, let me like let, you know what now that I'm sitting there thinking about that I'm like. <laughs> That might not even be true. Like, I, cause I just don't think now that I'm healed from feeling tra- traumatized by, mm-hmm. well, now that I'm healing, cause it's a process, you don't get, it's not like a boom, yeah. now you're good, you know what I mean? But for the process of healing from being in Eugene and growing up in Eugene, mm-hmm. I think I have a different perspective on white ignorance 
than I did before. Like that kind of like what am I trying to say? Like it's kind of like I don't have to front it. I don't have to do the fight, the the, the short game fight with it anymore. It's just not. It doesn't come. I don't feel. I don't know that it comes from a healthy place. I mean, does it come from a healthy place? Uh, in a sense, what does what come from a healthy? The place? fight. If you mean like a healthy place, as far as like fighting, fighting to understand love, fighting, fighting to love, right? Uh, it, it does. Like, and it's it's one of those things where like I had to like okay, if I want my life to change around, I really have to start mentally thinking differently mm-hmm. and I was like well that's really hard when you're programmed to think a certain way so I, that's why like, I think that's where a lot of compassion comes because I realized how hard it is to even quit smoking cigarettes quit drinking like mm-hmm. how, you could t- I could tell myself that all day and I know it's bad but to actually do it I understand like how how long it took me to do it right that change that simple change right so in anything like I was like okay I can see why I can't just tell somebody hey you're racist or this this and that I was like because it takes, even if they want to change, it takes some time to change. Right. And if somebody was like, and I had good good friends like, oh, you smoke cigarettes again, smoke cigarettes again, and it is in joking kind of fashion. Yeah. But at the same time, it was it was love because like, hey, I know you want to quit. You said it. Now right. I'm just helping you out, and and it took a long time for me to do that, and that change took so much time to where like now I think it really gives me compassion because I had to have compassion for myself because I beat myself up every day for not quitting, for not to, to keep. I was like, damn, I, I did it again. Oh well, like tomorrow or right. next week, and that's and but it happened. Right, it eventually happened, and I was like, man, that took a long time. I had to be very compassionate to myself when I so when I look at anybody else, like I don't know what they got going on. Like I don't know if they're actually trying to change. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like I, I just, just end up giving that compassion out. And even with myself, I'm not still not perfect. There's still things that I'm learning, mm-hmm. and people are still compassionate with me in in this process of it, and. I mean that's that's love because sometimes you just beat yourself up so much like man I I, I want to do better I, I'm trying to do better and you still mess up and you do that through all all throughout your years though so I realize it's, it's a process it's a very long process to get there so I'm wondering if you feel like if in that process for and, when, and I'm talking about this idea of racism mm-hmm. and I'm talking about this idea of this fight for human rights right mm-hmm. the general idea of love being in, uh, you're talking, li- you're literally talking about to one-on-one, mm-hmm. like for people. Mm-hmm. So in your perspective, you would feel, you'd believe and feel that like on a one-on-one scenario, that th- is that most important? A one-on-one scenario to, as far as? Making change. Yeah, I think uh, you really, I can't, I don't know. I think it starts, they say it starts with you, it starts with yourself. Uh-huh. So, like, me, somebody, you know, just ha- even having random passings with people, sometimes they say something. It could be a random person. They say something really quick, very compassionate, and and they may even know, know what I'm going through. But I was like, man, they said the right thing at the right time. It was right. like a one-on-one reaction. Or it could be in a crowd, and I'm in public, and a public speaker says something. So it can go kind of both ways. Right, right, right. But to really have an intimate conversation, I think it is It's easier to be like say one on one like me sitting here with you like right. it's easier for me to open up with you rather than I'm in a group of people and trying so, to so what happens when and I agree with you mm-hmm. but I but I'm being devil advocate so what happens when <laughs> you got a person who is attached so hard to the nationalism to the idea 
that they're protecting versus the, per- the, the interaction between me and them or you and them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this dude that wants to carry, I mean, I went to the, to the beach, mm-hmm. not to the beach, I went to the, a lake that's like a beach, I love it. Yeah. And um, it is, we were there, me and a couple friends, and um, this group of people had a Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. Like, just the biggest Confederate flag you can find. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just the mm-hmm. biggest one. And they had it, like, big in front of them. I don't know why. And, uh, and there was like three or four of them. But it was just this big ass sore Confederate flag there. And I thought to myself, you know, one on one is one thing. Mm-hmm. We might be able to do a con- have a conversation one on one, maybe. Right. But because he's saying that to me, that that symbol that he put out there is so big that that's where his alliance is at. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter about our one on one because that's where he is connected. Is that healthy or unhealthy? Uh, I say things take, take time, right? And if you're gonna, if you're willing to fly a flag that big, like it's obviously like AKA obviously, unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. You're obviously. <laughs> I feel like you're obviously burying yourself so deep in an idea, mm-hmm. and uh, and I have to kind of revert everything back to myself. I'm like, okay, if I if I'm thinking about how would I want to come at anybody like that, I have to kind of look at myself and have have I ever held on something so tight? Right. I'm like, and I have. I'm like, okay, what did it take to break that? It took me. Okay, sometimes it took humiliation. Sometimes it took like just really uh, education and then taking that in, sitting with that, and then just it's like, am I am I wrong? Like, is my world? And, and on top of that, it took me traveling. It took me going okay, to different step places. Out of your comfort oh, zone. I left Germany. Well, I left Georgia and went to Germany, and my head was spinning for at least four or five months I didn't right. know I was like what is it was like I was living in a different world mm-hmm. and when I came back to, to Georgia like over there in Georgia we didn't recycle we didn't do like a lot of these things no, and, and a lot of people are more like PDA uh, in, in Europe and on top of that they uh, a lot of people are eating outside and all the stuff in Georgia it's just I didn't really see that much of it and um, at least where I was from so that kind of opened my mind up to when I came back. I'm like, oh, shit, why don't we recycle? Because I started understanding the importance of recycling. Right. So I was like, it took me leaving that area, putting myself in another bubble, and seeing, they, I mean, they have their own struggles, their own problems, but seeing that uh, the good parts about that, then coming back, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, my mind was so just, I was so in, in my own bubble, in my own idea of what the world was like. Mm-hmm. And so I left that world. And made myself uncomfortable. Put myself in another world. I'm like, okay, I don't know anything at this right. point. Yeah, I don't know anything. That's why I love traveling. I want to go somewhere else that really challenges me, mm-hmm. and um, to to think differently because right. uh, you you stay in a place for so long, you can't help it. Even though you think you're maybe progressing, you're, you're you're reading books, and that's great, and you're really educating yourself. It really takes that experience mm-hmm. to be somewhere else and feel it, mm-hmm. and to see it, like just and accept it and. And knowing that you're not perfect, you're not and where you come from. This is not the answer, right? Where you see it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm th- I think about this with uh, this need for oppression, mm-hmm. like this need for power, this need for being on top of some of a whole other culture, like a, another a whole other person, right? Um, this uh, the whole another like group of people, um, to the point of you know coming to an open park and float and have to stay so strong to understand that you have to fly your Confederate flag to tell people who you are. Like, you can't even show up to the lake without your... You know what I mean? Like, in yeah. knowing what that means 
to yourself and to other people, whether it's intimidation or collaboration or like, you know, uh, bringing community together. Either way, they know it wasn't about like actually a whole community being put together. Mm-hmm. Then what is that? Other, what are those other people? You know, in that idea of oppression, because I think because we are an oppressed people, it, we have the the ability to seek harmony. Like we want to seek harmony. Like that's actually not how we, be, in the sense of in Afrocentricity, in the sense of Afrocentricity. Uh, being from uh, the the idea that what makes a community work is actually harmony, right? Mm-hmm. It's like so we work the ideas that come through our our memory and through our ancestral line mm-hmm. is to harmonize things. So we don't actually need a conflict. I like that. To to yeah. make a to have a conversation, we can have conversations in love love between harmony, mm-hmm. right? But these other folks. That is not the nature. It's actually through conflict mm. that they can relate to each other. Yeah. So when you talk about love in that way, and I think about just the, the consciousness in which we are coming from ancestrally, where one is going to be less destructive than the other. Right. But if we both don't have, if one is destructive and one is not, and the answer is that love will win, it's gonna take a lot of pain mm. Right. It already has. And it continues. Right. And it will until we understand that that there is a conflict happening with themselves. Like the idea that that there's no recognition in in like being able to relate Mm -hmm. without a conflict involved. That to me is like to me because that's not the conscious. That's not black consciousness. It's it's very very hard for me to understand how to reach Mm -hmm. um, on on a national level. When it's like the need to hold on to that flag, I I particularly love one on one. I think one on one is absolutely where change happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it needs there's a bravery, a courage for people who are wanting to not to avoid conflict, mm-hmm. um, but not knowing how to stay very strong in harmony against conflict, right? Because that's like, well, how are you being like, how are you within harmony if you're going against conflict? Well, that idea is that you're coming with the idea of unity and love and and the ability to flex and to change and to, you know, all those things. Right. So it's not that you don't have conflict. It's that you're not creating change by beating people over the head with conflict. You know what I'm saying? So it's and it doesn't put one above the other in terms of power that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, I don't, I don't know that it's a complex idea, but if you think about it in those ways, it's kind of like if the idea is coming from that space on the other side, yeah. it's really hard to, to penetrate one-on-one right. when their idealism is not coming from themselves. It's coming from a bigger structural oppression that they are trying to uphold. Does it's that like make a sense? gang mentality, mob mentality kind of, kind of thing like that. Uh, I so, don't know. It, it definitely well, doesn't make them one person. Because well, uh, I think that, that too, like say, you take one person out of a group because it's, it's a, a high mentality too like so, right so we're all the same we're all thinking the same so we all vibrate on the same level you take that one person just take him out put him in another city another culture by himself right he's gonna have to adapt or he's gonna or she or whatever yeah or they're gonna they're gonna sink and swim yeah they're gonna sink so putting them into another environment they have to they have they're not in that moment so they're in a different environment they have to learn uh differently and they may fall into another hive but i guarantee you like just 
it's just understanding me pulling myself out of my culture, putting myself in another culture, and I had to. I and there's a lot of mistakes I made because I didn't. Under, I'm still coming from my my mind, my culture, being another culture, and I'm doing things that doesn't res- resonate for that culture. And I always say you can always influence the culture, but you never can change it. Just mm-hmm. because it's it's not what you used to. Does, oh well, like you're in another culture. Right. You're just gonna have to adapt to it. Right. So, um, like just it's just pulling people out of uh, people are comfortable when you uh, and you don't grow when you're comfortable so some people are stuck in this uh, in a mentality because it's comfortable for them right when you start like really challenging people when you start saying like like you say I look about like I look at everything through myself to try to understand so like say I have a partner and my partner is like you need to go to therapy you need to do this 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 and I'm like no I'm good like there's nothing wrong with me yada 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 they're fighting for love basically that's like no I love you I, I, I see something you need to talk to somebody you need to get this handled or whatever and then at a certain point you break down it's like is she right right is she right but it took a long time for me to get to that point yeah so and then after that I was like oh she was right mm-hmm Oh, and I'm on that path to to healing. Boom! Like so, I was like, okay, anybody else want to point something? Somebody points something out at somebody else, they may be like, no, I'm not this. No, I'm not this. It may just take that right person to really spell it out for them. Right. And when they do that, when you start, once you start healing yourself, you kind of, I had to, once I started healing myself, I kind of broke away from what I used to know, and that used to be the people that that were in that environment too. Mm-hmm. And it felt lonely because I'm like, okay, I'm like I'm thinking a different way now, and they're still on this same vibration. And it felt lonely, and I felt like I want to kind of go back. And sometimes go back. I do. Yes, sometimes yes. I do, but then I realize in that solitude, eventually the right people start coming around you that start vibrating on what you're on the healing path. You start meeting people on that same path, mm-hmm. wanting to do the same thing, and that takes courage to do. It, yeah, it takes mm-hmm. courage. It's I, you know, I resonate with that because like the idea that now, just now, and it's been like six years since the first evidence of like my life was going to be totally different right six years and just now do i see evidence of a new vibration in my life meaning that like my friends are different Mm -hmm. the things i'm doing are different the words i'm using are different my my emotional response is different and and so it's not a it's not a next day decision Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's a it's a decision but that decision goes on and on. And I remember at a point where I was like, I have to get out of here to heal. And I left back to where I heal. And that's Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So I went back south and uh, with my sister. And her birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Shelly. <laughs> Happy um, birthday. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so, like, I went back there and hung with my, my family. My, uh, my sister it was a household full of women, mm-hmm. right? And we all just did our thing. It was very much like empowering to understand that I can still stand on my own two feet. I don't have to keep talking to, uh, I don't have to keep explaining myself to white folks to try to be like seen, like I can stop doing that. You know, it was like, I, I need to be able to show up like me and then just be okay with whoever leaves. And if I'm there by myself, then be fine with myself. And that makes you want to go, oh, I'll be by myself for how long? Mm-hmm. You start asking these questions. Am I ever going to find somebody? Am I ever going to do this? Am I going to ever be okay? Like, you know, but then I'm all so of a sudden, yeah. yeah, I'm so messed up. Why? Don't nobody like me. And then, like, all of a sudden, it's like all those questions start to be like, but I like me. You know, I don't need anybody. And it's not in a defensive way. It's like, I actually am enjoying myself. It's been quiet. I didn't turn on any music, the TV. I've been sitting here meditating 
for two hours. Like I'm like meditating. Yeah, I quietly sat in a room thinking, not in an anxiety way, but just exploring thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I was doing that for how long? And I enjoyed it. Like, oh wait, (laughs) I'm starting to enjoy being by myself with myself. You know what I'm saying? So the thought process isn't anxiety. It's not beating myself up. The conversation, the conversation turned into curiosity yeah. and into wonderlust and like about myself and about my energy and about and then after that, then it became a like I can now talk to you and you are not going to penetrate my yeah. my beautiful aura right now, right? Like your my vibration is higher and I'm going to attract higher stuff. And the truth of it is, is that that's all that's happened since then. Um, and now the, it's going the other way. Now I'm like real picky about who I spend my energy, who I'm with mm-hmm. and time. Um, just because I now choose the energy that will be spent versus just kind of like, you know, giving yeah. everything out and then going home like that fight and then going home depleted and like, oh, how am I going to make it tomorrow? I got to deal with these people. No, I don't have to deal with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing what I do. Because it's coming from a place of straight up self, self like assurance, right? Mm-hmm. That's on the other side of some, some other something. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride it out until the next challenge comes because yeah. it's coming. Yeah. And then I'm gonna, t- it'll test this out, right? <laughs> that's the whole thing about, it's like, it's like the whole thing about mistakes too. Like I think you, you come across something, of course, that that you're not familiar with, and then you quickly like react. It's like this is how I should deal with it, and then it wasn't the right way to deal with it. Boom, mm-hmm. mistake. You learn from it. So like, you're always presented with something new. Always. Yeah, and it's growth. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you got some new wings. Time to fly. You know what I mean? And it's like, wait, wait, I'm not used to flying. Oh, wait, look, I'm flying. <laughs> oh, you only flew a mile. Time to do four. Like, you know, and it's like, oh, my wings aren't strong enough for four. Oh, wait, I just did four. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's how I look at it, where we, we look at this fear, you know, and then that's what stops us from remembering the love. The love yeah. is actually what got us to to this step of that that courage. Mm. It's another word for love. It's the it's actually like the, the the hardest one to to represent and to bring out love is that you have courage to do so. Mm. You know what I mean? So I thought about that. Um, now I'm going to turn so this on about, you. What about fear of facing yourself? So once you get over that fear of facing yourself, self love. What yeah. took you? To, what took you to get to the, over that fear? Courage. Yeah. <laughs> right exactly yeah so you know exactly, what I mean yeah. so courage is the hardest one there's a lot you know there's lots of but that's like cause, cause fear is easy like you said you just go when you're faced with changing you go oh I don't have the courage so I'm gonna go back to what I know yeah. I'm feeding that fear mm-hmm. right it's the same idea with this whole like looking and talking about this whole idea of this uprising and the change and 2020 and what the hell were we gonna look like in 2021 at this point, mm-hmm. at this point, we know we can't go back. It can't be unseen. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't saw it. It's, yeah, it's there. It's, it's out there. We all know. It's on the internet now. It's <laughs> right. It's, it's all. Yeah. We, it's burned in. So we can't go back, right? Yeah. Uh, but move, going forward, like it's interesting. The other day, I, we were looking for people who to to do our branding, like to do our uh, merchandise, mm-hmm. and um, my secretary uh, for the nonprofit was looking. And she was, she has, oh, there's like 500. And I'm like, well, narrow it down by this, by that, by that. And she's like, okay, now we're down to 100. I said, now look for black owned. <laughs> and she was like, oh, they're all on the East Coast, 
right? And I was like, exactly. Yeah. I said, but we need to be more cognitive of who we're giving our money to. Mm. When it gets to black owned, now we know it's not corporate, yeah. right? And we know it's not in this huge systematic thing. Now it's like we're talking individual. We're talking some of it's getting big. We've got some big, but like not like Gucci. You know what I'm saying? But there are people out there who are like Gucci, meaning the quality is there, but they're not Gucci. Does that make sense? They're not that big name. They're not that. But you gotta look for who you gonna give your money to. Speaking of black owned, like I'm hungry, and I was thinking about I was at the spot, the beer garden. Yeah. I was that's uh. Famous or uh, you know what I'm talking about at the beer garden? Yeah, uh, not the beer garden. Um, I think it is. They have all, all those food trucks. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Area. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's that, yeah, the catfish. Yeah, yeah. I think almost famous. Oh, almost famous. Uh-huh. The catfish. Like, I'm probably gonna stop by there after. I'm about to go there after this. <laughs> Man, that's. Are funny. they black owned? Yeah, they are. Yeah, in the beer garden. Mm-hmm. How long have they been there? They haven't been there that long, have they? I, I, as, as, I can, as far as I remember, I've been here for three years. And I haven't. I don't think I've really been to the beer garden. Probably maybe the second year. I think. You know what though? That's not true because I go, I went there with my girl, and yeah. she always gets the catfish. But yeah. I didn't know they were black owned. Oh, yeah, that is okay. Banging. Right. Banging. Tony's barbecue. On have you been over the Tony's? I haven't. I know I'm from the south, and I kind of moved oh, away. Okay. I moved away from barbecue just for the fact that uh, at some point I was really trying to eating healthy and I was really staying up. I love ribs. Uh, I used to love them. But I, w- I wanted to move. The whole part about changing. About like, changing. I wanted to move away from that. And then even now, I still don't eat as healthy as I used to. But right. it's somewhat healthy. And yeah. I mean, let me stay away from pork as, as much as possible. Anyway. Right, right, right. But, no, I hear you. I went to <laughs> to Houston and I was like, oh, where can I get some like, you know, some healthier food? And there's places that you go and there's I gotta say, when I went, yeah. more of my friends were on were vegans and like eating healthy than I was expecting, yeah. right? But it wasn't like you could find. I was surprised I could I actually could find more options there because it's a big city, mm-hmm. but I I had to like know where to go. And then when I did go, the options were bigger than they are here. Like I had more plant based drinks with pro- plant based protein drinks available to me there than I ever do here. Like I'm looking for what? plant-based drinks. Yes, like just wow. like like smoothies that have plant-based protein in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's got. There, I mean, you can go to a drive-through smoothie spot there, and they have plant-based protein. Yes, like, I didn't but know it's that. because it's bigger. Yeah. But I'm thinking down south, where you're going, you're gonna go get oh. the crawfish. You're gonna get the crab. Oh. You're gonna go get oh. the crab legs. But. Yeah, because I went to go visit my cousin in Atlanta, and I at that point in time, I I, I tried out the vegan, and I was on vegan diet for like about eight months. I visited I him in Atlanta. He's like, man, I'm about to go to the chicken spot. I was like, Atlanta, I got it. I got it. And after that, Atlanta, was a wrap. It. it was a wrap. I was like, I was back on the meat train. Right? I mean, my son went to Houston to visit. I, I, where did he go? I don't know if it was Houston. But anyway, yeah. he was the same thing. And he came back and he was like gained like 10 pounds. He was there for like over the, the winter, you know, for Christmas. And yeah. I was like, what happened? He was like, look. <laughs> I went down south. The food is popping. Yeah. So anyway, but... <laughs> But back to the like the idea that courage that I, that courage that idea I want to I'm gonna mess with you a little bit mm-hmm. I'll tell the audience y'all know I barely ever have men on my show. It's not because I don't want men on my show. It's because I can't find no men to come on my show. <laughs> and we talked about this before we went on camera. I was laughing because I was like, look, I've had one of my first video like Facebook or, or in the studio was a guy, and then I had some men who are like audioed in. Um, and I'm trying to think if I've had anybody beside you, like in the studio, 
That is a man. I'm good. next week. I'll have Kakai on. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I don't. I mean, if I forgot, if I did, I don't know that I really did. Yeah. But we need more. Yeah. And so we were actually talking about this, and I was like, "What's the problem with like you know?" Because I know I have men following me, and yeah. I and some of my first followers were uh, Joshua Stroud. Like he mm-hmm. he supported me through Patreon and through. Um, on my on my YouTube, thanks, Josh. You know, and Talia, hey. You know, and so it's like they really supported me to to begin with, and that was like, oh, like I'm looking for my men, you know, out there. This is not a show from a feminine point of view, although I'm yes, it is because here I am, but it's open to black folks. You know what I'm saying? And that's with an X, like black folks. You know, so it's like. I don't know why I can't get dudes up in here. And you were talking about it's the vulnerability, yeah, right? It's the whole vulnerability thing. And I say women are just naturally better at that. And I was, <laughs> we were talking about women are naturally better at pulling this out. You know, us men are always trying to fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it. And you know, women are always like trying to pull it. And that's a beautiful thing. Right. I, I, I really truly appreciate I learned a lot from women in that aspect of, of emotional intelligence. And uh, But it's just a hard thing to be men to be generally vulnerable and then be put in front of the world to, to do that that's a whole nother level that's a whole nother level <laughs> that's that that's that toxicity though that around that that the box of masculinity like like, like you just said to be seen on a, everyone see you being vulnerable like oh no yeah. <laughs> right but, and it just opens up i mean on top of that it opens up some some doors that men don't want open because like living in, in my world i'm a man so like just going back out into the world i'm like okay some men can use that against you you know what i'm saying and and, uh, and I don't know. It's just a whole thing. No, I think it's relevant for what we're talking about, though, because I think like women and men are are talking about this in different ways, Mm -hmm. right? And now we, women, for me, like this is my. You all all know if y'all are listening to my show that I this this show is opinion. Mm -hmm. We are not professional. Like this, do not right. This is this is us just doing us. Like we out here just doing our thing. And so for me, like I feel like women. When I see a woman that like supports Trump or something, I I don't they're you know they're white or whatever. I don't really look at their whiteness, being like, yeah, I get that you white. I'm like, you a woman, like you should know, like what are you doing? You are somebody's mother. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, or even if you're not somebody's mother, you are somebody something like really like I look at it in a feminine way that way. You know, very much. I'm like. On a women to women thing, what are you doing? <laughs> but then I look at, then we go, who that question, were you black first or are you a woman first? It depends on what, what day and where I'm at, right? And so looking at what you're talking about, like the vulnerability piece of it, there's pieces of this uprising, there's pieces of this change that um, I'm looking at men and I'm like, there's a level of courage to move into vulnerability that needs to be at the forefront in this movement. Especially, well, especially so much black men because, like, just being taught to be hard all the time. Like, that's up, what I'm like, saying. Yes, it, it it really took a lot for me to open up because you know I was closed off, closed off growing up. Of course, like just just how we were brought up and the yeah. environments that we're in, we're just. It, it, that was the norm, right? And and to realizing that that a lot that was holding me back from so much, right? And I knew it, and it, it, it kind of hurts your heart because like you're sitting there, you're holding all that stuff inside, holding it all inside, holding it so much. And then when I started healing, like I just was crying almost every single day because like I was letting all that stuff go, like all those years I had held all those things in, and um, at some point I told myself, 
I don't care anymore. Like I'm not I'm not right. holding myself back anymore because it was so damaging. It was so for years, like decades, damaging. Right. And I was like, I'm I'm over it. I'm so over I'm it. like thinking about that the men the vulnerability the idea that this movement the the leadership and I look really air quoting um, for real like what we're seeing out there yeah. I feel I see hurt men you know what I mean yeah. and I and I see blocking women and I see even even in our movement yeah. I'm like. I don't see enough black men and women together or the black men lifting black women or mm. black women having a par- black partners who not necessarily romantic partners, but that it's a, it's a co-existed front mm-hmm. in this, this fight for love, right? Moving forward together is rare. Mm-hmm. And in something that, that requires so much courage on both fronts, white folks and black folks, it's, it takes courage. For us to stand out in front with my afro when it's illegal, you know, it takes courage for me to show up as a woman in a place that's all men and white, right? Yeah. So it's like, for it takes courage for a man to come onto a show and talk about how he's feeling. Yeah. It takes cur- courage for a man to show up black in a, in a building in a with white women. You know what I mean? Because what will happen? <laughs> what what will be said? You know what right. I mean? It takes courage, you, and I'm not gonna speak for white folks because I, you know. But it's like, I would think it would take courage for a white person to stand up for blackness in a white space. Mm-hmm. I think it might be, they have to know that the fact that they are being courageous in that space, that they know that their, co, their partners or people are racist. Because if it takes courage for you to say, I'm pro-black and you're white, that means you know why it takes courage. Because you're in a racist environment still courageous right there's still something that's coming back at you negatively so in my idea when we're moving forward this this toxicity it's so inner this is so layered but we're looking at toxicity if we can't show up in our whole self and speak in the in the voices of harmony without having I mean, without lifting each other up you know what I mean without having that fear there's so much fear I don't, when we talk about the masses, I don't know, I believe it's women that, like you just said, that will bring out this level of courage for you. That's what I'm saying, we need women to start running the world, and, and not saying that they don't have the ability to do it, or they're not doing it in some aspect, but, amen. Uh, I mean, I'm, 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 I, being in the military, just having <laughs> these, these, these women that could do, just do more than me, like, and, right. and just... And just leadership wise and all that stuff like I was able to see that at a young age so like when I got out I had no problem like say when was over me as, and as far as the job aspect I had no problem with that because I saw what women can do like, but like, I feel like I agree obviously yeah. <laughs> I agree that women I feel it's time for women to, to let's get the women into leadership roles but the, the whole point of like having men on my show mm-hmm. is that I want to, I want to be working with men who will encourage me, who will stand next to me and go, yeah, let's do this together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come onto my, come onto my couch. You know what I mean? And like, and let's do it together. Yeah. And it's, I think that, that that courage, that fear, is the same kind. It's it's like just articulated differently. But when you when we're looking at these protesters out there struggling. And I'm like, where are the black women? Like, I literally, I'm like, where are the where are the women? Where is the collaboration between the men and the women? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Where is it evident? And I feel like when you see it evident, it the, you see something moving. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you see something progressing. 
But I don't, not to say that men can't do this on their own, and not to say that women can't do it on their own, and not to say you gotta be binary in either way, like, not to say any of that. But in this conversation, I'm looking at myself as a woman, you know, going, like, I don't have, I don't, I would, I want more black men being vulnerable so that we can work, that, so that they can hear me and that I can hear them and work with them. That's a whole cultural shift right there because uh, it's just, in general, it's, like, as far as men, it's hard for us to be vulnerable. Black men, even harder. Even and, harder. And, and that's why, like, once I start getting on this path, that's why I love working with kids and just working, even working at the, uh, the BSU, um, Madison Middle School, like, I'm looking different to them because, like, they're still, from what they're used to seeing, I guess, uh, I know a lot of what male moral models they see is like more so on TV. Like, I'm a different, yeah. I know, I know I'm just a different kind of uh, person. And coming into that classroom and then them just even seeing me, feeling me, feeling my energy, feeling right. how I react to things and how I see things and how I, it, that all came from me transforming. And I know that, that it starts younger. Like, like I, I met, I was working with this one. Okay, and he was hard, always like it reminded me of myself always never, hard yeah never Lips smiling tight. yeah yep. just never, not showing emotions I, I was like I see you bro like I see you and it took some time it took some time to really talk to him and understand like when he got in trouble like I wasn't I mean I, I, I know how it felt to be hard on myself so I had to come with some kind of some hardness but at the same time some kind of um, like Bro, why are you doing that? That's 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 really messed up. Or like, you can handle this so many. It's like, but I've been given there. options. Yeah, that's about. I've been there before. I know how you feel. And then started talking to them. Talk, and I, it took almost maybe a year. And then after that, he kind of opened me up. With he opened to me about his his musical side. I had no clue. He had a music side. Like, can I show you something? Like, yeah, blew me. It's like you're in, you're in the seventh grade, and you you rap you rap better than me. <laughs> you you play the instruments beautifully. I was like, well, you really need to consider music mm -hmm. and, and it really helps you heal and and just for me to say that i hope in the future he does because uh, he plays yeah. he plays sports too he's like do you think i should do music or sports i'm like i don't i'm not the one to tell you what you should do but sports you need to kind of get injured and what's happening right now with covid right hmm, who knows? right but music like that lives on forever right and i hope that C was planning, but he's just amazing. But I, I understood it. it took me to be healing myself, being in a vulnerable spot to where like and, and being comfortable with with being where I'm at to actually try to help teach somebody else, like another black young male, to yeah. do the same thing. And right. I'm still learning, so I'm still making mistakes. I'm still so it's kind of hard to really like you want to teach somebody, but you're not perfect enough. So sometimes I feel bad because like okay. I made a mistake. Dang it. Like, I'm trying There's to teach never these. not perfect enough. Yeah. You are always yeah. perfect enough. <laughs> yeah, For real, yeah. because yeah. Th think about what you're saying. If they see you struggling, they're like, oh, he struggles too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because So being not perfect is actually better because none of us are perfect. So if they're looking at someone who's not perfect too, but they already admire you because you're doing what you do, then it's like accessible. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, I, can, I can reach where he's at. Yeah. I can be centered and still not be perfect. That's something I can do. You know what I mean? That doesn't make sense. It's like, right, I, right. to try to reach for perfect, man. Are you kidding? Like, I, I'm as perfect as it's going to be today. You know, I'll be like less perfect tomorrow, more perfect on Wednesday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just how it's going to be. Like, yeah. I just can't, you know. So I'm just saying that to you. And here it is. My feminine, like, okay. <laughs> to your masculine hard heart. Right? I mean, like, like it's, right, right. It, but it's. 
It's. I mean, if we're doing that, why not do that? Why not balance it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why? And balancing isn't 50-50. That's my whole point. Like, balancing is not 50-50. Love is not always whole. Like, it's not always going to look perfect. Mm. But we've got to be able to recognize unhealthy. we got to be able to recognize toxicity. we got to be able to recognize pain mm. and then growth. Yeah. You know? it's And I think it's all on a spectrum. It's, yeah. it's all on a spectrum. Toxicity uh, doesn't need to actually be killed. <laughs> it doesn't need to actually, but it does need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And it does need to be separated until it gets to a point where it's pain. Because toxicity is over pain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It gotta come down to pain. Yeah. Pain is actually progress. We've both been in a position where we're numb, right? We know that's not a good place to be. Mm. But once you can feel the pain again, oh, now we're getting better. Yeah. The fuck? People are like, so hold on, hold on. Because you're crying every day, you're good? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because if I couldn't, if I'm hard and I couldn't feel it, then we're not okay. We're not living, like you just. You're, you're existing. You're existing, and that's not healthy, right? So in these ideas, this in a bigger picture of these ideas, if you're upset, this is good, mm-hmm. right? If you're numb and you can't you can't eat anymore and you can't drink anymore because the state of the world is getting you to the point where you're now like people don't want to hang out with you. You're toxic. You're spilling out. You need help at that point, right? But if, let's say you haven't been able to feel anything and you just, I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, I don't have any feelings about this. You know what I mean? You need help to feel it. Now, if you're upset and you're crying, you're good. Right? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're exactly. good. To take the courage to just go to say, you know, that whatever it is we're moving and changing to, try to remember that the short game is the short, like you said, the short game is the fight and the long game is love. And that means it's not like a hippy dippy like ooh love love everything love. It means you went through a process to love yourself mm-hmm. so that you can love others. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And that takes that's a yeah, that takes a lot of work. It, it takes, takes work. And it, it takes, takes it takes courage. Yeah. It, it, and it takes jacking up sometimes. <laughs> it takes messing up. Yeah. You have to be more more so open to making mistakes than ever. Yeah. Like and just like just putting it out there. I'm gonna make mistakes. I have to. Hopefully they forgive me. Hopefully, and I forgive myself. That's right. But putting myself in a position to like, okay, here we go. I know I'm going to make some mistakes. Like, um, just anything. Like, even like when I started working at the school, I'm like, I've I, never worked with kids before. Right. Like, and I was making mistake after mistake. And I talked to my coworkers too. I was like, man, I, I think I'm not doing this right and this right. I was really beating myself up to the point. It's like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Right. Like, I wanted to, I wanted to run, but I stuck with it, and it was the best decision I made because. Mm-hmm. Because they just love just to even see you. And to me, I was like, I'm messing up. I, I don't want to mess them up, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. But the thing is, this whole world, nobody knows what they're doing. We don't, we, we're all trying to figure it out. That's right. So for anybody trying to preach to me, like, this is how it should be. Like, even the... There think, goes those shit, shit, yeah, shit again. You about the presidency, like, the presidents or just anybody. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, here's the laws. Like, marijuana should be legal. Like, who are you? Like, why do you, why are these group of people telling me that marijuana should be illegal? Right. Like, why? Like, right. like who are these people? What? what it, it, it's similar to the point where we give you so much knowledge and if you still say it's illegal I'm more intelligent than you obviously. I'm like but I'm looking at like where are you in your process like where are you in your process how much do you really know about what you're talking about because if you're talking about one perspective mm-hmm. this is something that my dad told me that I literally think about all of the time mm-hmm. 
And there's nothing in this universe that can be cut so thin that there is only one side. True. So if you come into me with one-sided-ish, I really have nothing to say to you because I'm going to need you to be dynamic with your argument. <laughs> I'm going to need you to come from my perspective, your perspective, their perspective. I'm going to need you to have done the work and then tell me why it's illegal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you just tell me because you got these other ideas and this one-sided stuff and you not you don't you don't want to mess with this because this is whatever, I'm you one-sided. Yeah. I can't deal with it. You're trying to get me to should 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 and I'm not I need to understand why it's balanced. Like, why is it a ba- is it a balanced approach that you're talking about? Now, let me know what balance you want. Now, if you're talking about 1090, that ain't the type of balance I'm into, right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're talking about 60-40, I can work with that. Mm-hmm. You know, 70-30, yeah. maybe depends on what we what we're helping. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but that's how I think we should be approaching this. What are you? How well how well are you in tune? with what the outcome is. Like, are you looking at the short game and you're not really looking at the long game? Because the, your short game should be evident in your approach to the long game, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, we're all fighting, but if you're not thinking about that fight being, if you're talking about oppressing somebody in that fight, how is that, give, how is that leaning you to love for the greater good or love for yourself? Because if you start talking about loving yourself, the greater good will be there. Because right. if everyone is talking about loving themselves, it looks different. Your love for you is different than my love for me. But if we are if we're loving ourselves, I will then treat you automatically with more respect. Yeah. You'll yeah. be coming from a place of balance mm-hmm. for yourself, in yourself. That's a, and I'm not and I y'all know I go woo. I am into hippie shit. I mean, yeah. <laughs> not really into hippie, but woo yeah. for sure, right? Like so I, I will go into the spiritual ideas and of right. healing your soul. We aren't going to go there right now. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, like, it feels better when you feel better about what you showed up to do. Yeah. And you're balanced with it. You're okay with it. Right? I think your world looks different, too. You look at people, because I think like, if you live in a certain world, and I've been there, you know, I live in a, a very paranoid state, so I'm going to come out to the world, I'm already in a paranoid, heightened state. Mm-hmm. So everybody's a part of this, this part of this paranoia state. Right. When I come out the world, like I said, I meditate, I came out in the world, I'm in a, just a really relaxed state. I'm looking at other people, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, they must be in a relaxed state too. It's just how you view the world, how you feel about yourself, what, what mindset you're in at that point in time, it's kind of like a reflection of the world. So there's, that's why there's many realities. I could wake up in the morning, this would be my reality. I'm mm-hmm. super paranoid, I don't want to come outside, I'm good staying at home. Other days I feel good, where like, now this is another reality. Mm-hmm. And I look at the world differently, so, uh, it comes down to mental health too like is a lot of what's going on are people mentally ill right. as well right and that's and not being not acknowledging that and not taking care of it to where once they take care of their mental health maybe they'll start viewing the world a little bit different they mm-hmm. may have more compassion because you have to have compassion for yourself before you give to anybody else and are people like so they grew apart and so they're, they're so hardened that right. they, they can't release it so it comes out in hate it comes out in anger that's right you know, yeah so, um yeah, you got to look at that when you're talking about people who are completely indifferent about children being in the border because of a law that's written. You know, that level of indifference, that, that ain't, that's not normal. That's not normal mental processing for human beings. You know what I'm saying? So it's not to say the whole side of that political thing is all mentally ill. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is that at what, where are you? You know, where are you mentally? I don't know. I'd like to know where your balance is at. 
because that I, I'm trying to find out what the toxicity level is. You know what I mean? Just because if you have to show, and I ta- I've talked about this on my show before, if I have to keep showing you dead bodies for you to understand that what I'm saying is true, the problem is not me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it is not us. If I got to keep showing you trauma before you recognize that, that I'm asking for help, like, I got to keep showing you that how deep the, it's only this deep will only allow you to be this much traumatized. You know what I mean? It's like, something ain't right with the system. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something ain't right with this. And that is where um, the fear comes in of us operating within a system that's built on those type of premises mm. that is, is built to oppress other people as if they're not people. So the system is not set up in a balanced way. It's not even set up on a mentally healthy way. If you think about it in a bigger picture yeah. of things, it was literally built to exclude human beings based on the fact that they were not considered human beings. Exactly. And <laughs> just the whole fact that like just humanity is crazy, crazy, and people are desensitized. like. Yes. And you know, just me, like, just growing up hard, like, I'm just inside to certain things. Something that might be shocking, like, say I go watch a video of a dead person, like, it's just, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've been shot at, I've been mm-hmm. in dangerous situations. Me seeing that, it may not trigger me. Like, you may have to come at me in a different kind of way than you come at somebody else who's just not desensitized to that and right. it clicks to them right away. Right. So, uh, and understanding my desensitization to certain things mm-hmm. and acknowledging because I'm I still desensitized that doesn't mean that I won't be sensitive to it but at the same time I acknowledge where I'm at I acknowledge where but that right are. there is healthy because you see that you are desensitized some people don't recognize that they have desensitized and detached mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying because being desensitized and detached is two different things mm-hmm. right because yeah. you can look at it and go I know why that doesn't bother me like it bothers her or you or them I've been in this situation. I've seen it a bunch. I've been shot at. You're a vet. This is going to hit you differently, like you just said, right? Mm-hmm. But me, I'm looking at, like, I didn't see no dead bodies in my life. Like, you know, I don't want to. I'm a mother of a son who's black who's been beat up by, you know. So when I look at it, it's hitting me way different than it's hitting my brother or my cousin or my whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But when we're detached from it. As if it's not a human being we're looking at. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. I don't know what level of mental health that is. <laughs> I mean, right? Because these are snuff videos that we're looking at mm-hmm. every day. You know, there's another one. So, Why did someone get killed by this cop when he just asked to, to something? He was called. It was a white dude that got shot in his living room by a cop who came to ask for some help. But the, literally the title was, Watch This Guy Get Killed for asking for some help or something like that. And I was like, how, what? How is that legal? Like, honestly, it's not that, that level of desensitization, that, but that's not what that is. I mean, that is, but when you're doing that, like it's, like it's not, like you're not a vet, you are trained to go into, uh, into military situations. Homie over here is not. No. They're just clicking on, clicking on clickbait and seeing this, and that's supposed to do what? And that comes down to uh, even like a America as a whole being desensitized because you look at the news. Like I feel like wherever the the vibration of the nation is in the news, if if they're playing negative stuff, robberies, killings, and all these other things constantly, 
because they know it's going to get us ratings. Obviously, they're getting they're getting ratings because people want to see it. Right. It's very attractive to to for people to watch this. Right. They start flipping the script and start playing good news. I guarantee their ratings will go down because it's just not attractive. But that's just something that we have to fix as the public. We have get, to push for this. We have to push for. Look, mm-hmm. every time I I have a, a video that has to that does not have to do with race, my my views go way down. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's about like about any kind of thing that's um, mostly kind of an antagonistic viewpoint, right, even right. whether or not I say it, whether or not our conversation is antagonistic, because never is antagonistic here, because this is just us, right? Yeah, yeah. But if the title is antagonistic and it has to do with race, <laughs> I'll get over 4,000 views. Yeah. If I don't, I'm getting 1,200 views, right? Yeah. Guarantee, you know, it just depends uh, on what the conversation, now this mm-hmm. is going to be titled love, we're going to get like 500 <laughs> You said you had to make it controversial, like war on love. Right, like, right. Oh, what, I, what's right? a war? Bloody war. love. <laughs> like, Ooh, you know? yeah. Right? But that's but what state is that? Like can we get to your long like can we get to your long game where it's not it's not uh where we can just respect because mm-hmm. respect is a form of love. Mm-hmm. Like we were gonna define love and we were like saying how hard it is to define love. Um, because there's a romantic love and there's ethical love and there's all kinds of there's there's platonic love and there's you know all kinds of different ways to show love and depth love and like spiritual love and soul love and all of these things mm-hmm. but like the bottom line of that love is respect right yeah it's respect and compassion and compassion mm-hmm. respect and compassion are pretty much like I mean constant constant like in all of the type of loves you're going to be showing some sort of compassion and some sort of respect, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't do well with romantic. <laughs> like I don't do well with romant with romantic love. And I say every time I tell my friends that they're like, "Yes, you do. Yes, you do." They're so nice. They're like, "Yeah, you do." So-. And the reason why I say I don't is because I've actually never been in a healthy romantic relationship where I can be me. And they can be them. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm wild and crazy, so I'm right there with you. Like I just be I just be doing some wild stuff. And right. Crazy, and I don't know. I'm just like just the way I move, and I'm just being desensitized to certain things. I mean, I don't know. Like, and it's it's a really hard concept to realize. Like, hey, I'm like this. Do you even though I'm growing at the same time, I'm still me on a on a certain foundational level. Can you accept that? And most people can't or they do and i push away. i don't know see it's one of well, those it's one of the, well see the thing is is this yeah. it's like that's that that's that inner journey yeah and trust me since i've been on my inner journey i haven't tested it out on somebody else but yeah. <laughs> but i do recognize that in that inner journey you have to be okay with you mm-hmm. we said this like several times today right mm-hmm. so i'm thinking a lot of times in my relationships i go for people i can help mm-hmm. That ain't healthy, right? Yeah, I do the same. Right? And then people, they come from me because they need help. I get a lot of men who are like, I just, you're, you're like this, right? And so I want to be in that, like we, me and my friend, an old friend of mine used to call it like basking in our personality. Like they want to be in the sunshine of the positive, like they want to be in that sunshine. Right. They're not giving anything. Yeah. They're taking a lot. But yet I'm giving, I'm wanting to like give to you. But it's not giving really when I think I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. Mm-hmm. That's actually not healthy. That's me telling you that I think you can be this thing. Well, I see so much potential in this person. 
the hell? They gotta see potential in themselves. It's not my job to pull it out. I am not your mother and you're grown. Mother stops pulling out potential a long time ago too. It's up to you, right? So for me as a woman being like, oh, I can see, now this is me in my 20s. Like, let's mm-hmm. understand that's 20 years ago of me thinking I can pull potential out, right? Mm-hmm. But that comes along a lot in relationships where they're thinking they're loving someone. It's like you're not accepting that person. Even if they're nasty, if you don't want nasty, then go, right? Don't, you can't change. Now, if someone is going to change as long as they're moving and they're growing and you can accept their growth, but they're growing, they're doing the work. They have to work on themselves. Even when you guys are together, it's still not your responsibility to work on them, is to support them in their work. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I am single, so I'm giving a bunch of advice. I'm giving a bunch of information that I, you know, that I am not practicing right now. But <laughs> I said that I'm like, oh my god. But what I'm saying is that I'm I'm thinking about what the the past of the type of love that I felt was appropriate love, and then I grew, right? And so now I'm looking at myself like a healthy love is something that I r- rarely see for one, and that I know that what it would take for me to be in a healthy relationship would really mean a lot of something that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. And that tells you that like, damn, I thought I was loving. <laughs> I thought I was loving, right? I, think, uh, I have just... great relationships, what happened? Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't okay with just being me. I need a lot mm-hmm. of freedom in my relationship. Like what you were saying, like you have a lot of things where you're like, I, I have a lot of like, and so that's hard. Yeah. People don't accept it. I need a lot of freedom in my relationship. I need to actually be able to do. Yeah, me too. Like, right? Like, like a butterfly. Like this. Like a butterfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But I think about this too. All right, so at least in my mind, like, I think I feel like, just taking it back, like essentially we're just, we're animals. We're evolved, but we're just animals. We have this natural, natural instincts to where um, our natural instincts is reproduction, is of course uh, shelter, safety, uh, food, mm-hmm. like, and there's probably another one, but whatever. But <laughs> I feel like when you take it back to that, uh, and what what were we doing back in the day is more tribalistic. It's more real community, mm-hmm. and so maybe they had multiple partners back in the day. I don't know, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you have a kid, you're trusting your community with with your kid, like, and maybe it's it's not. I don't think it's as tight as it was back then, because mm-hmm. then like everybody was. I feel like the community was a lot closer here. Like you could have your own house, you could be in your own world, and somebody else could be in their own world, and then. You know, it's just it's a, it's a different way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course, humanity we place we, we make things so complicated. So like, okay, so in my mind, say, am I supposed to be one person? Am I supposed to like? If, if, am I supposed to still? Yeah, am I just supposed to? Am I supposed to be one person basically? Right. Like, and is that is that how my brain operates? And does does it does that work for me? Right. And I think that's when it comes down to dating. You kind of have to put yourself like in awkward situations, and and. And just date out there just to see, like, okay, now nah, this didn't work. Okay, change this up. Or this did work. I really like this, but not with this person. Right. And, uh, and yeah, I just I, realized, like, that's probably just a weird thing about me. I'm just so, I'm just, I'm just so, I'm just, like, on my own, so independent that it just, it sometimes just doesn't really work out. And, like, how does that look like? How do I translate that? How do I communicate that to mm-hmm. a partner? Yeah. Hey, this is how I am. How, how do I do it properly? And, and I don't know. But no, but that's the, what I, I say all of that to go back to our conversation about in the bigger picture of things. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, how do I communicate mm-hmm. that? How do I communicate my feelings about what I need, 
even though I know it may not match what they need and I like them. There's an energy there. Like, how can I communicate, right? That's a level of romantic love that we're talking about. Now, platonic love, is it easier for you to communicate with platonic love? Is it easier for you to communicate in other types of friends? Like, you know? I said yes, because I think sex changes everything. Change, okay. Sex changes a lot. So platonic love, uh, you're not building that, that strong bond, that strong connection. Like, some people could be detached from it to where it's just sex or whatever. Some people, like, it's a, it's an emotional thing. Uh-huh. So I say platonic to me is, is, is definitely easier because I feel like once you cut out sex, like, it's just easier. Like, right, right. Once you, once you add that in, there's a whole bunch of of emotions. And I don't know. It's just, so yeah. I'm, when I look back at it and I'm looking at, like, how when we're giving love mm-hmm. and we're understanding the love that we're giving, it's really easy to give hate because we don't think that there's several levels of hate. There's mm-hmm. several levels of hate. Mm-hmm. There's so much hate. There's just as much hate as there is love. Mm-hmm. And you give it in different ways. And literally, is the idea in romantic love or platonic love that that complication of sex, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But ethical love, that, that, none of that has sex or, or oxytocin and those kind of things. Let's, put, let's take it out, right? Mm-hmm. In that moment, it's like communication, but really what it is is you showing up in a particular level and and able to show and knowing how much you're able to do in that moment like i'm able to do this for you in this type of love i'm going to give this to you is that love too so if you're talking about hate when you're giving when you're doing the microaggression we're are we take we're not taking that as hate you're not giving that as hate but is that hate like i'm not giving you but i've been coming having you come through my door sit on my table sit on my having us be here is this love you see what i'm saying like there's levels of how this works so it's like Every single day, we are we are accomplishing either love or hate. We are accomplishing that mm, on, on very yeah. subtle levels of each thing. We are we are accomplishing love every day. Yes. We are also participating in hate yeah. if we are not actively communicating. If we are not actively seeking inner peace of our own position. If we are not actively aware. Of respect and compassion. I like that. That's true. Yeah. That's when you think about it. When you think about it in that way, like, you know, you think about, like, hey, show some love. Like, you go to my page, show some love. Like, that's a form of. That's a form of love. My Patreon. Look, I got people loving me through through my Patreon. And I, I, and it literally buoys me when I see it. If I, if I get a deleted Patreon, I'm like, oh my God. And it's not because of the money. It's because like, damn, did I not do something? Like, I'm giving with compassion and respect. Like, did, did they leave? It might be because they cannot do $10 this month. Mm-hmm. Get it. But I'm going to be like, I'm looking at it like love, yeah. right? And so when it goes, I'm going, did I give enough of my side of my love? Did I give enough of my, you see what I'm saying? But then I got to look at myself and love and understand that I am doing what I do. It's not always for everyone. Mm-hmm. They're doing what they do at the best that they can do, right? Mm-hmm. So if they had to delete for whatever reason, it may be about me. Or it may be about something about them. You know what I mean? I just have to show up as authentically as I can every single day. Does that mean I never give out hate? No. I'm a petty motherfucker. I will. (laughs) But, I mean, that's me being honest. You know? That's how I roll. (laughs) Now, do I give out more love than hate? Yes. You know what I mean? You're human, though. So, like, it it, it happens. We're humans. Like, we're not perfect. So, of course, like. One reaction, we might react a certain kind of way about right. it. So, 
And people say, you know, hate's such a strong word. Hate is hard to say. It is. But I don't know what it's, how it's landing on that other person. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I got to give respect for them to go through their process. It wasn't kind. You know what I mean? It wasn't kind. And we can, we can evaluate love. It wasn't, it, it wasn't sex. Like, but is it still love? Like, you know, like people, have, people tie these things together that everyone doesn't. I don't necessarily tie sex to love. You know what I'm saying? Some people go, man, I could never. I have to be, I have to know them, their mama, they blah, 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 and, then, and then maybe. You know, there's some people like that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, some yeah. people be like, I don't need to know their name. Like, you know, <laughs> there's some people like that. Yeah. You know, but so it's like, we, we're human beings. There's yeah. a spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's a yeah. spectrum of that. And I think that with dealing with another human being, if you see them as a human being, you got to understand you are dealing with a spectrum of possibilities. Yeah. So how could it should be? How could it, would, could it, supposed to be? It's supposed to be human rights, which I'm supposed to be able to be, be able to breathe freely, show up without fear, right? Mm-hmm. Food, water, safety, you know, simple things. If those things don't happen, then we're talking about something else. It's the illusion of freedom. It's the illusion, yeah, right? So. And it's at the hands of someone else. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? There's an oppression there. There's someone blocking these natural human rights. You know, there's someone blocking it if it's not available to you, because right. it's a natural right. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, of course, there's law. Of course, there should there should be order. But I think that there's been lots of people who lived over the centuries and centuries that have had order that did not need and did not have oppression, did not have this level of hate, did not have this level of violence, mm-hmm. right? There, there, are, there are absolute, absolutely, you know, uh, evidence of people not having to live and not having to grow under the under the the. Um, guise of, of violence and oppression. That shit has existed, you know, <laughs> and does exist. So, so, if, so this is like an illusion that, it, that it's necessary. You see, that's what I'm trying to get to. It's an illusion that it's even necessary to have that conflict in order for it to be, to, how do we know what we're doing unless we, we have, we've improved something? It's like, eh, you're coming from a level of deficit. Coming from a level of deficit does not work. I think that's why everything starts like where I'm playing catch up. A lot of things I didn't learn as a as a kid. So I think everything does start when you're young. Like and uh, let's just say let's just say like some of these shootings going on, right? Mm-hmm. So if we if we did ban weapons, like or just it's one of those things where if we ban weapons, could we all do it? Could we all play hand to it? So but know that if the one person one person in the whole group wants a weapon. He's going to get a weapon, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, he has a he has a level. He has the he has the advantage. Mm-hmm. So okay, then we all have to get weapons. But does that make us more dangerous, or does that make everything more safe because everybody has weapons? Who knows? Like, who, who knows? Well, that's but, if everyone's on an even playing field. You can't yeah. do that with you. That logic doesn't work if you're not looking at the playing field. Exactly. Everyone is not the same. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I mean, if we so if we if we did. It's the only thing when you when you look at the bigger picture, you want to look at you know love, like world peace. You want everybody to to so we have to kind of eliminate inequality basically. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we have to eliminate. There's a lot of things we have to eliminate. We have to take the we have to we have to have the. I say I had a discussion about nukes. I was like, man, USA USA should just get rid of their nukes. 
I got a whole flood of comments saying that, oh, no, we shouldn't because we'll be unprotected, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, I don't know about nowadays, but people used to look at America, technically the world, as a big brother. Whatever America is doing, should we follow suit? The war on drugs, other countries follow suit. Like, we have influence. If we got rid of nukes, would that make other countries feel empowered to say, okay, U.S. got rid of their nukes? Right. I feel a little bit safer. I'm going to get, so it's just one of those things where, like, you got to be the big, in a lot of situations, you got to be the bigger man and and hope for the best. So we're, 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 we're repeating history over and over and over again we kind of have to do things differently and that's be doing something differently is uncomfortable and mm -hmm. uncomfortable people are scared of change people right. are scared of uncomfortability as a nation that's why i think the whole weed thing is very slow right because people are afraid of it it's going to happen but they need to Man, we can talk about the weed thing we're, we're about out of time but yeah. we're going to do another one about the weed thing because the South with the weed is is strictly. I, I think the the disconnect is biblical, mm -hmm. and you know what I mean. Very, and it, we will if we start talking about the Bible in the South, we gonna have to be real careful because I love my people, <laughs> but we know how this is, right? Oh yeah. And and um, I'm not religious, but I respect religion. You see what I'm saying? Like I have gone to a mosque, a synagogue. I, I've been. In, I've gone to church. You know, I've done all of it. I, mm -hmm. you know, and I've gone more than once. It wasn't like I just went. I, I went with friends who go, and I'm res respecting their their need to be there, and I'm there with them. I've been to all of those things. I've read the Quran, you know what I'm saying? I've read the Bible. I just don't, uh, I'm not religious. Like, mm -hmm. I wasn't raised that way, but I respect it in its purest form, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? Um, but when it comes to black folks and, the, and, and Christianity and things, we, we have to have a conversation but it needs to be a very special and very careful I'm conversation, down for that conversation because I respect it. <laughs> I'm down for that one. And I don't want to hurt anybody, right? You know, and I don't want to be disrespectful because I know what this means mm -hmm. for people. And that's respect and compassion. I don't need to shoot them into my space. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, it was a good conversation. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about much of nothing we wrote down though. Like, what did we? <laughs> oh, I guess we kind of did. Yeah, there's more. I mean, we probably could have went really in depth in it, but I feel like this is such a complex thing to talk about. This yeah, really yeah. We, I, w the only thing we didn't bring up was about staying in your lane through the like, through your talent. But I think that, um, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, I mean, I touched on it real quick, but I mean, other than that, like, yeah, just, just, I know what I'm good at. I know what, how, I just everybody who everybody kind of like. I feel everybody has a talent and they can use that talent to the best of their abilities in, in a fight against anything, a fight against oppression. Right. So like we're all on the same team, but how can I, how can I serve you best? Some people like say if you look at video games, some people are really good at snipers. That's their that's their lane. Right. Some people are good at like hopping in helicopters, jumping into the action and, and yeah. doing their thing. So everybody has a talent. How do we use that to to better everything and, yeah. and and every little bit helps like to even somebody who who people like oh he's a social justice warrior on uh he's just supposed to but that's good yeah Let, if that's what he wants to do that's all he wants to do people say you could do more i could be doing more everybody could be doing more right but at least he might be posting something that i was like wow i like this information i want to share this because i've never heard this like so everybody plays their part really no matter how small how big everybody's on a team like everybody's like right we, that's what we were talking that's right we were talking about that being that like having throwing people into positions that they are not that they're not mm. in that they're that they're not in that they're not naturally in 
right? And then ex- to have an expectation that they would then play that position yeah. like they know what they're doing and not giving that space for understanding that they don't know. And mm-hmm. you put them there. You put them in a position that they don't know how to do. So it, they could be better utilized in a position yeah. or in a space that is their talent, right? Not because they're brown, not because they're white, not because, and because they fit the picture of what they should look like or what it should do, is that they, this is what you can do to be productive in the movement, right? Right. Stay in your lane, meaning that like, I was having, I was having some issues with, I was looking at the protest and I was looking at my education, like my nonprofit, I'm looking at my anti-racism conversations and I'm like, I'm really good at organizing, you know, and I'm really good at like moving people, like, you know, encouraging people. And I'm like, I could help the, I could help the protesters. Like I could, I could do that. And I'm good at it. I don't want to do that, right? Because I need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I need to be doing this. Like, can other people do this like I do this? No. Like, what I'm bringing to this is my own talent, right? Just like if I went and did that, it, it wouldn't be like anybody else's. It would be me, right? But can I spread myself so thin to do all of them? And then how, how am I helping? Yeah, you're not really, because when you spread yourself too thin, you're not putting 100% or even 80% to something. Right. So One of them is not my pure talent. Yeah. I might be good at it. It's not my pure talent. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you got to like in this space is what we were talking about. Like this is also love. This is also self-love because that would not have given me, that would not have expressed my boundaries to my own self-love if I were to help and do as much as I could yeah. and then be sick at the end of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It actually wouldn't have served me. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's not self-love actually. So then I'm looking at it like, Okay, how can I be helpful? Stay in my lane. Yeah. Do me, do this, what I do, the education, the race, the education around race mm-hmm. on several different platforms, do that. But that's, what, that's what's huge too for people participating in anything. If it's brand new to people, they're participating, participating in it, it's, it's, it's a learning curve. Like, so yes. I jumped into something, I may not be good at this, but I tried. I, I wouldn't know unless I jumped into it. Sometimes I jumped into something and people are like, Hey, like, you're really good at this, though. Like, you're really say people like you're really good at talking to people. Even in, in a different area, it's like you're really good at talking to people. It should be a kind of light bulb going off. Like, hmm, he's saying this. Why does he feel this way? Right. Let's like, kind of investigate that, and then okay, maybe. But I, if I didn't put myself in that situation for that friend to come into my life to tell me, it's like, hey, I think you're you're good at working with people. I think you should do this light bulb go off okay maybe this is not what I'm supposed to be doing but I'm glad I met this person because he led me to something else like, mm-hmm. okay maybe I, I should try this area the, well. follow the opportunities you're, you're saying right okay mm-hmm. okay so yeah. you just have to just kind of just, just kind of put yourself out there incom- like being uncomfortable yeah to understand like what you're good at and people sometimes it takes people who see you you may not see yourself and what you're good at but people may see it people may point it out you hear it enough yeah to where like they may be on. It took me with writing. People are like you're good at writing. You're good at. Writing. I, like, oh, I don't know about that, but I heard it so much. Right. To where I'm like, maybe there, maybe there's something to that. But it took me putting myself in comfortable situations and and. I think as you I think as you're growing, you need to try that. Yeah. You need to find out what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and you need to find if you're not sure, you gotta try, and you gotta let people tell you. You know, you gotta let people see you, mm-hmm. and you gotta hear it too. Yeah. I mean, how old are you? I'm infinite. <laughs> How old are you? I just want to know. Really? Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> just to let y'all know. Secret, just y'all let y'all know. know. I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm unborn. Oh, really? Yeah, Is that? Yeah. Okay. You'll have to talk to me more about that. 
Because I would like to be unborn too. So, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll just say fair to say I'm older <laughs> yeah. than you are. But, but I feel like I it took the same thing that we're talking about when I was younger. Yeah. I think the last show, or a couple shows ago, they were laughing because she's like, you on your fifth life. Because I've done so much stuff trying to figure out what I'm good at. And where, not what I'm good at, but where my natural talent lies, mm-hmm. right? I've done a lot of stuff. But the one thing, and I, this cracks me up, the one thing I'm really good at is talking. Okay? And when I was really young, all my report cards, you know how they used to write on the, were you, I don't know, they used to write on the report cards. The notes. Pleasant, yeah, pleasant to have in class talks a lot. <laughs> that, that was from kindergarten on, I don't yeah. even care. So it was yeah. pleasant. Such a good, such a good per, such a good little girl talks a lot. <laughs> talks a lot. Talks a lot. Girl, look, then I realized that you know, I'm good at a lot of things. You know, I have one of those people who are like, show it to me, I got it. Like, I, I ain't never rapped. I bet you I could do it. I don't know if I'd be good, but yeah. I'll bet you I try. It, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you don't want me to rap? I can dance. Let me do. How many dances can you do? I can do 45 different. That and you won't even be able to tell. I don't know. I wasn't training. I'm like that. Like, show me. I'll practice. I'll get it. But that's not what I do. That's not my natural place. Just because I can pick it up and go, yeah, it's really good. It's actually not my natural place. Mm-hmm. How do you find your natural place? It actually sings to you in your very core of your body. Like I can be good at a lot of things, but if I'm not, like if it's not humming from here, from my heart, it's because I'm good at it. It's not what I'm naturally placed here to do. And in my 40s, I can actually say, I'm naturally placed here to do what I'm doing. And it's, it's manifested in a way that I didn't in my 30s yeah. or my 20s would have yeah. ever guessed. Yeah. So did you get made fun of, did you get made fun of in school for talking a lot? By who? I just, I don't know, just in general. Uh, no. Because mm. I, I was always, I'm always the one where people come and listening to me and my teacher's like, could you please stop talking? Or like, maybe it's like, <laughs> okay, but in school, like the teachers know this about you. Like, I always, I always, saw something or I always thought about something to where these kids like say even growing up I see like a lot of these kids got made fun of for whatever whatever made them different whatever they interesting and then they got made fun of it because it's like their superpower like so like what I got made fun of as a kid Mm -hmm. here because I grew up here till I was 15 was being everything about me Mm -hmm. like so it was my it was my butt it was my black it was my my body it was my hair Mm -hmm. it was and now in my 40s it's my me being me and being like Showing up and I give it to other people, that is my superpower. Yeah. And the thing is that my, my very essence was teased from kindergarten till I moved away from here in ninth grade. So everything about me was teased that way. And then when I went to Texas, it was still that. It was still me mm-hmm. that was being teased, like the way I talk, how that, where I came from. Because I, I came from Costa Rica there. So they mm-hmm. were like, oh, so you... You're not really black. You stand what what you think you are. Like all, so, every, anybody that came at me, it was always about me. It wasn't necessarily about anything I'm doing. Cause remember, you ain't gonna get me on basketball because I will hoop you up, yeah. right? You're not gonna get me on this because I I got better grades. So everybody was like, that's not what they can mess with me with. Yeah. It was me, and that was literally in my 40s that I I realized that my superpower is is actually the energy that I give yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? And that's a really hard to come from one place that's like you, the essence of who you are, we don't want around. To like, the essence of who I am is what you're going to get. Yeah. I think as kids, we're, the kids are so in tune at that young age, they see something different and it's easy to make fun of. Rather than mm-hmm. like, they don't know what it, uh, they, whatever, they just don't know. 
So it's, it's easy to point out somebody, whatever's different, whatever's special about that person. But looking at now, even going to school and seeing how the kids treat other kids, like, why does the kid get picked on? I can see why this kid's different, why this kid's special. Right. I was like, man, this person has a talent, but the kids make fun of them because it's so different. Because it's different. Yeah, and I yeah, let yeah. Them know. I was like, hey, like, you're, you're going to be famous when you grow up. Like, to be honest with you, you're going to be famous when right. you grow up. Don't listen to what they say. Just be humble about it. And of course, you gotta tell the other kids like you better leave him alone. You gonna be he gonna be paying you nah, when you're older. He gonna be your boss. The, the, the struggle actually helps in the art when they get older. It's so. true. It's true. Yeah, I know. It's like a give and take. <laughs> like, <laughs> trust me, because if I hadn't gone through it, I wouldn't be so at, like clear about it now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're right. The struggle has to happen. Like that's. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Marcus, for coming on my show. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So. Oh wait, the, okay. So I'm gonna end this part, and I'm gonna we're gonna go through the comments that are here. Right. So thank you again, and uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Peace out. <laughs>